Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Maniac. Uh, Today we will be covering the third and fourth episode from Maniac titled Having a Day and Furs by Sebastian. So, What'd you think? Rima, are you are you interested in the bulletproof furs? You know, I, I think there are some sometimes that could come in handy. I've been in some sketchy places. How about you? <laughs> uh it's uh I really the show I've kind of determined is kinda hard to do kind of a top five on because it seems to be kind mm-hmm. of all over the place. Yeah. Um but the one note I had is uh it wasn't one of my numbers, but the the Furs by Sebastian mm-hmm. felt very much like a language of bromance episode. <laughs> because it's, did. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you know, we, we're on this mission and we got to go to this place. And, well, what does he sell? Well, he sells furs and, oh, he's got bulletproof <laughs> furs. And why are we there? Well, we're there because he's got our pet thing. And we're going to save it. And then a shootout happens with not the law enforcement, but the field and or the animal control people and. Uh, it was pretty, pretty interesting for sure. Yeah, it, it was quite a caper that that fourth episode there. Um, I was wondering how you would take that. It was quite adventurous. Yeah, I liked it. I got a lot of giggles out of it. Um, but but yeah, so what are your thoughts up to this point so far? I, I'm really digging this show. I mean, it's it's it is kind of weird, but it's in a good weird. It's like it's not in a like weird turn off kind of way. It's yeah, welcoming. It's a welcoming weird. Like, come on in, let's have some weird fun and let's figure out some of this stuff that's happening, you know, along the way. So I, I, I really dig it so far. And uh, I, I am, I, I really think that I know this wasn't really, uh, we talked about doing the two episodes um, for um, each, each week. And I really think that it's jiving again so, so well, because how the episodes kind of flowed into each other that I'm really glad that we didn't have to just stop at episode three. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving it. So I'm super excited to talk about it and get in, into our top five. And with that, why don't you kick us off this week with your number five? All right. So I think one of the big reveals out of this episode is our lead character, Owen, and kind of how he came to be. And we see mm-hmm. that through the engagement party with Jed. Um, you know, we see Owen there and Jed stops by and talks to him. And Owen seems like very standoffish, seems like he doesn't have a lot of talents. And he's got that older brother that kind of outshines him. And as yeah. we're sitting there talking about it, you, you get a very good impression that Jed did something inappropriate or he's at least being um, put on trial for something he did with a with a girl or a woman. Yeah. And, you know, Owen is going on to say, you know, basically being pushed to lie at least that's what he thinks because owen really says like hey don't worry like i'm gonna take care of you whatever and jed you know a very sinister side like this is his brother goes on and basically be like well yeah you know like you're you have your condition so it'd be really awful if like a letter from you showed up at like the governor or like some official's house with you know poison in it i know um and it's so sad like i feel like owen's the kind of guy that he he can't do anything right too that's kind of like his fault so he decides, like, listen, probably he doesn't want to lie on trial um, or at least f- tell what his version of the truth might be, what he thinks is the truth. Right. So he's like, I'm just going to I'm gonna end it all. And even doing that, he couldn't do it right. Like he fell like maybe a story, if that, onto the glass roof of or plastic roof of the, where the party was because it didn't look like there's any blood. He didn't get knocked unconscious. It was enough that his mother is screaming. He just can open his eyes. Mm-hmm. But I think you learn a lot from this family dynamic and kind of why Owen is where he's at. And, you know, like I said earlier, like Jed's that like outshined brother and he goes down, he starts singing a song to his wa- fiance. And it was so creepy because it was, uh, what was the song? It was, um, Oh, sting every breath you take. Yeah, it was sting. Creepy. Uh, yeah. Like I'll be, wa- like, that's a creepy song. I don't like that song. I just don't like that song. You belong to me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
and as he's talking about this with the doctor, it's like, Sting was at the party? It's like, no, he wasn't at the party. <laughs> Just totally didn't get it at all. <laughs> but again, like this Milgram family, you see like he's kind of the black sheep. He's, uh, you know, he has issues. Um, and he's in love, I think, with uh, Jed's fiance, And he probably like mm-hmm. the idea of like, I could treat her better. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on on that engagement party? I thought it was terrible. And and we're, like you said, we're seeing more of this family dynamic that we we got a glimpse of um, in the in the first two episodes that this seems to be at least outwardly this waspy, perfect type of family. At least that's what they're trying to portray, I think, to the world. And Owen is just like, I just I don't belong here. You know, it's like I do not fit into this family. This is not my ideals. Um, you know. I don't agree with any of this. And I think that up to that point as well, he didn't know for sure that what his brother did, which we had talked about before, which we think was some type of like sexual encounter, some sort of assault or something mm-hmm. um, against, against a woman and his, you know, cause Owen's like, you know, willing to lie for him, but like to provide this alibi to help protect his brother. But he doesn't know for sure if it's for real, like, did you, he's like, well, did you really do it? And while Jed doesn't come right out and say that he did it from everything that he implies, he did it. Yeah. And that's what Owen gets. And I think that's also part of what sends Owen up to the rooftop to plunge, you know, to what he thinks is his death um, and ends up not being. And we think that this is the, uh, that, that, that this is it, right? Because we, we wondered before, like, well, is this, what happened to cause him to be hospitalized and what's his, you know, what's the cause of his issues or what was this outburst? We think that this is it, but we find out it's not quite it. Um, but it's still horrible to, to think that he, this is what he's telling Dr. Muramoto that this is like his most traumatic day or his worst day. And yeah. while it is a pretty awful day, it wasn't his worst day that there was more to come. I don't know. I just, I, I think it was an interesting glimpse into the family. I can see where this would not help, Owen's mental health issues that he struggles with and that whole serenade of Sting because Sting is fine I like Sting but that song I've never been comfortable with it is that song has always made me uncomfortable (laughs) even back when I was really little in the 80s and and that song would would play just made me very uncomfortable and what's interesting is the that Sting song that plays at this party Owen's mom is Trudy Styler who is Sting's wife in oh, real life. Interesting. That's probably, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, they shoot these things on the, the cheaps. So that might've been how they got that song for, for a, a decent price. Maybe, maybe, but I, well, there's a connection for you. We talk about yeah. connections with the show. There's a connection for you, but I don't know. I, I thought it was really sad, you know, just another glimpse in, into the dynamic with this family and how Owen clearly does not fit in. And it's like, he's trying to be such a good guy, but his mm-hmm. family just doesn't get him at all. But yeah, that's my number five is just this Jed's engagement party and kind of the interaction that Owen got out of it. Good. Number five. I'm glad that you brought that up because I think I had that in my notes anyway. Yeah, that especially that creepy serenade. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say about that because that was in my notes and I think I've gotten all that. Well, my number five is going to expand on that and go into Owen's other story when he and Annie are in Dr. Miramoto's office and Annie is combing through his desk and files and, you know, she's looking for something and Owen opens up to her and talks to her about the actual worst day of his life. And he goes on to tell her about his relationship or with this, this girl that he, he knew Olivia, this girl that he liked and finding out that she was really, uh, you know, put there in place by his parents. And I guess that they have, like we found out with the other episode, that there are friend proxies. Well, there's girlfriend yeah. proxies, too. Slash future wife proxies. I mean, how awful would that be mm. to find out that she was hired by his family to be his girlfriend and to then also then be his wife uh, and they were going to have what seven kids yeah they're gonna have kids and all that other stuff yeah i mean how how far does that go i, I mean, mean I, I was worried we we're gonna have like a game of thrones type of thing where they talked about like you know in game of thrones um oh shit which one was it 
the oh, the imp. Why did I forget his name? Oh, Tyrion. Tyrion. Where Tyrion was in love with this girl, and um, basically yes. his dad did the whole thing to show that she was like only with him for money essentially very dark very creepy i yes. thought it was going to kind of be like that like jed like that was going to be the girl that jed was is involved with in this trial and like even take even darker turn on that like not only is it oh they're going to treat owen like like crap but they're going to do this thing to a girl that he loves yeah but you find out yeah it's it's a basically pay for marriage type of situation where this woman would take whatever money it took just to marry this guy live with him, have his kids, like no like emotional connection whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always want like, it seems very kind of like arranged marriage, which um, I, th- I don't know the statistic. I don't have it, but I thought I've heard people mention like arranged marriages, like tend to be better than, or at least last longer than non-arranged yeah. marriages. But yeah. I mean, you're also looking at societies where if they're going to arrange marriages, it's like, well, the option is this or death. You know, like I don't really have any other options. That's true. However, in arranged marriages, both parties know that it's an arranged marriage. And Owen had no clue, which was so dirty and underhanded that like this is his family's way of trying to fix him or make him normal or make him okay by fixing him up with or hiring this girl. And I mean, that that's not just like, oh, you know, go date my son. We'll pay you. Um, and then wherever it goes, it goes, you know, let it act out naturally if anything comes of it. But just so maybe he's either not lonely or has someone who, you know, that he feels likes him and pays attention to him. But to go so far as to be like, yeah, they're going to get married and have kids and stuff was, I thought, just bananas. And then not only was she paid to be like his girlfriend, she was also, you know, like recording and relaying their private conversations and yeah, telling his family that stuff. I mean... That just it's just wrong. I can't even like go into how wrong it is. And the poor guy, you know, who who's thinking he's having some type of episode or something, thinks keeps telling himself or saying out loud that this isn't real, and then comes to find out, you know, they're like, no, this is real. Um, and then that's when he has this chaotic moment, and that's when he ends up being strapped to this gurney and being in a hospital, and it. It's just horrible. And and Jonah Hill acting that out during that scene was just, he did amazing, yeah. you know. Well, I just, think it's very telling because you see Annie kind of rummaging through. So she's paying attention kind of. Yeah. But not fully. So it's just mm-hmm. like what Owen goes through with his whole life. Like he's spilling his guts to this girl about yeah. like just this horrible thing that ever happened to him. And her only response is like, oh, well, it sounds like you're having a day. You were having a day. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, and I always feel like that's that's situations where, and maybe this is the cynicism in me, but um, you know, like sometimes you pour your heart out to somebody, like you're having like just the shittiest day or the shittiest week, or stuff just doesn't feel like it's going the way it should, and you're spilling your guts out to somebody because yeah, that takes a lot of guts to do that for one. Yeah, and then they're just kind of like, well, that kind of sucks, but you know. Suck it up, Buttercup. And you're like, oh, well, I should have just not told you anything. I should have just kept it inside and, you know, bury it deeper down. I know. And we see a lot of that, too, throughout the episodes. I've seen Mm -hmm. lots of times where people are, like, trying to communicate and people are just, like, overlooking them and not paying attention and – and I and yeah, whenever I say I'm having a day, it's usually not to that level because I feel like he was having a pretty like the worst day. Well, as as we know, like that that was his worst day, his most traumatic day. Um, usually, when I say oh I've had a day, it's you know usually like oh I've you know dealt with a bunch of crap at work or you know my system crashed or you know my email wasn't working or yeah. something. I don't quite equate it to um, you know that. So it it did show how she kind of either wasn't really paying all all the way attention or didn't quite get the depth of that or something. I don't know. But yeah, that, I don't know. That was interesting. Anyway, that's all that I have for my number five. All right. So my number four, uh, I love that we get to see some uh, amazing VR in this episode. <laughs> these two episodes and we learn about the high priestess of Atlantis and we get introduced <laughs> to our brand new boss. So Dr. <laughs> James K. Mantelray, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, the first thing we see is like very shitty, like 80s style, maybe like mid 90s, like uh, anime looking stuff, like pixelated. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's playing a video game with, and he's hooked up to a suckomatic. Uh, I think it was called a suck tube, <laughs> is what it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, but I think it's very interesting to show, like, you know, th- what's funny is, like, this is stuff that I've, we've, t- Richard and I have talked about, like, sex robots is a thing that's happening. It's happening. There's places that want to open up, like, sex robot brothels. So it's interesting that this futuristic place, like, instantly, like, things go to sex pretty quick. Like, it's, you know, like, the internet, there's sex, you know, and the sex oh, robots, yeah. sex. And so, like, with VR, like, even now, like, with VR stuff, it's like, oh, well, how can we, like, use this for, you know, sex stuff? Uh-huh. Um, so it's pretty interesting that they, they definitely showed that there. The other interesting thing, too, is I, I'm guessing that um, Dr. Fujita and Dr. Manoway had some kind of relationship. I get that, too. Yep. But just to stand there with a suckomatic and nothing else on, like it's no I big know. deal. Cover um, yourself, man. Yeah. And she's like <laughs> looking around and, you know, this is where she kind of spills her guts about like, oh, you know, you, we need you to take over. Like um, the other doctor died. He passed away. So you have to be the one to run this. He's like, oh, okay, well, uh, you know, I'm going to need to get a few minutes to get my affairs in order. And as she looks away, there's like the ton of, uh, like, I think it was baby oil maybe or some kind of lube. Uh-huh. Like massive, like, you know, Costco's, Sam's yeah. Club style, like, you know, three-gallon jugs. This dude kept busy. He 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 definitely has kept himself busy in his um, uh, sabbatical from from the study yeah. or whatever whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and again, this like futuristic like eighties. You see all the floppy disks of the different kind of you know high priestess of Atlantis <laughs> and all this other stuff. Yep. But this is our new doctor, and he shows up very professional looking, and he talks to Greta, and it, that that's kind of interesting with what they have there too, because Greta's this like AI system, and he was asking Doctor Fujita's like, "Well, did you tell her about me?" And they had a conversation back and forth. So it's like Greta's like a almost like a real li- living, breathing thing, which is mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious how it's complex. We've only really seen her like once or twice. They haven't really done a whole lot with her. But, you know, we see when she finds when Greta finds out about the death of the other doctor, it hurts her like it, she has an emotional yeah. response to that. She shed some electrical, mechanical, metallic, whatever mm-hmm. tears. <laughs> But I'm really interested to see how this new boss plays out. Like, he's taking over for a drug addict boss. Like, you know, why did he get fired? You know, we saw him in all the videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, why is him coming back this big deal? Um, and again, like, what what are they trying to research for this? You know, we've seen two different pills. Uh, what's the third pill going to do? What are they going to learn from this experiment that they're doing now on the second pill? So lots of interesting stuff when you kind of, you know, whenever you have a new boss, you know, it's always mm-hmm. kind of a big shakeup. And that's what we're getting about halfway through this uh, this first season. Yeah, and you could tell that they were, you know, like they didn't reveal Dr. Marimoto had died. Like he mm-hmm. got, they were saying, oh, he just got called away on this uh, family emergency or whatever. We've got someone else stepping in. And yeah, we we get to meet in the flesh, Dr. Mansell Ray, instead of from the videos. In that video, I still can't get over, by the way, was, was <laughs> absolutely amazing. That little hair flip, which we find out's a toupee or a wig <laughs> or whatever. Uh, that really bummed me out. I'm like, because when I first saw him, I was like, dude, what happened to your hair? Yeah, he looked like a, a dude that bought Costco's yeah. three-gallon jugs of lube. Yeah, that that was not good. Um, and, and yeah, it made me think, so if I'm... If what I'm getting from the video, what I ga- have gathered so far is that this dude is like the the inventor of either this theory, this idea, the pills themselves, something that he's he's high up there. And so it's like, OK, so why isn't he there now? You know, we haven't seen him, at least in the in the mix of things until now. So where's he been? What happened? Where did he go? Um we we keep hearing about these things that were happening in other trials that they had, either for the same experiment or similar exper- or experiments where there were suicides and stuff that took place. Sounds like maybe they had to stop what they were doing for a while. So did he? Did they make him leave? Um, did he voluntarily take a step back after the chaos of what happened in these other trials? You know, I'm curious to find out a little bit more backstory there. But I do love Justin Thoreau, and I think he's doing really great in this role, even, you know, looking as ridiculous as having um, <laughs> a suck tube strapped to his <laughs> crotch. 
Hey, I mean, women get awesome toys, so, like, why can't guys, right? You know, I'm all about, um, you know, it being equal and fair. It's true. There are a lot of women's toys. And you know, you know there is somebody out there watching this, and they're seeing that, and that's what's going to be next. Because, like you said, we have VR, and it's getting really good. It is just a matter of time. I've heard that there's, like, there's things out there that, like, the guy has it and the girl's ha- girl has it uh-huh. and basically like using the internet and whatnot. It's like they can simulate over the internet them being with each other. Really? Yeah, that's what I've heard, which is, I don't know how it would work for the guy as much, but I mean like, cause I know they have like the, the, well, this is, Okay, I, I, never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> you want to be careful? Well, okay, so you can stop there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go into that and say there there is um, a toy that exists, and it's for women. I don't know. I haven't seen one where it's a mutual type of satisfaction thing, but it there is a, a, a such device for a woman that can be controlled by an app like Bluetooth and such that, you know, like if for like long distance relationships Uh or, you know, when, when the man is not around, he can control it from his phone or from this app while she, you know, um, enjoys from another location. So Mm, interesting. That's a way to bring some togetherness if you can't actually be physically together to, you know, research out there after this episode. Yeah. I'll send you a link. (laughs) (laughs) But, For when you're on those trips and stuff and such, or when Tiffany's on her trips and, um, you know, you guys still need to take care of business. So, um, those things do exist. So, you know, that's just, you know, um, I'm sure it's going to expand as technology advances, that type of thing. But yeah, definitely, um, interesting. And I, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because that was actually my number four as well was hello, Dr. Mantel Ray. What a hello it was. Um, I'm sorry to, to walk in on you like this. (laughs) <laughs> it it just I didn't know how to take that at all. Yeah. It took me to the second watch to be like, okay, I need to like just <laughs> like get real here for a minute and take in the scene um, and study it and not just be sitting here going, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> well, it's better than what I thought too. So like as she was walking through this, it very much looked like a red light district kind of area. Yeah. So I was worried she was going to go into like a sex shop and he was just like using equipment that wasn't his. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like I talked about, like the the sex robot brothel. Like you know that if that thing ever exists, no. there's going to be like, hey, rent by the hour. It's like, mm, no. Mm. What's what's there? There better be some serious cleanliness mm. standards. I do not want to be like, oh, I got chlamydia from a used suck tube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that's something that you want to own, not yeah. rent or borrow. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, can I borrow your suck tube? Uh, no. <laughs> No. Come on, bro. Mine's in the shop. <laughs> how 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 far does the bromance go? Uh, <laughs> not that far. Trust me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, that's really good. Like I said, that went into my number four as well. I don't really have anything to add except we're just getting some more introductions to the technology of the world. I like how we're getting little bits and pieces um, of, of the technology and devices, and that was one of them. So... All I have to say about that. What is your number three? Sweet. So my number three uh, is just kind of this episode four with the fur tail. So it's very interesting that it's this was almost like its own movie. Like if you talk about like Black Mirror and things like that, like at least the first probably ninety six percent of it was very seemed very self contained. And I'm sure somebody smarter than me probably could break down stuff that I missed. But it was a good tale in all its own. Um, they had different names, um, but you see, I believe they had different names, right? Yeah, I thought so. Okay. I Unless just, I missed I something. I said it, but then I was like, wait a minute, was that right? But uh, the Annie character, like she's a nurse, she's working you know, with cancer patients. And you know, at first I kind of felt like this might have been a um, – like she was trying to deceive Owen. Kind of like right. – I guess like Owen's really had in his life. But I feel like both of them were in this virtual reality, this this alternate timeline together. Like they're both interacting in this. <sighs> I know that's what I'm getting, but it was so hard to know whose narrative it really was. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm getting. I'm following you. You know, it was interesting. These two characters, like Annie was very much, she cursed like a sailor. Owen always, always said fudge. He didn't <laughs> fudge. cuss, which I thought was interesting. It was adorable. <laughs> um, but you have like, you know, this missing pet, like the dog that she goes to rescue. And you have this like crazy shootout scene with, um, you know, the, 
I can't remember what they're called, like the uh, wildlife protection group, like, you know, basically uh, game game wardens, I guess is yes. what you call them. Yes. Which I don't know if many people know game wardens. They pretty much do have the same and mm-hmm. sometimes even more so uh, authority than police. Um, yes. I'm pretty confident they can do a search without a search warrant. Ooh. I've, I've heard that around where I'm from because basically it's like, That's oh, well, I, think, I think you are poaching deer so they can go check your freezer and be like, oh, yep, you're poaching deer, you're arrested. That's true. I don't know if they find other stuff if that's admissible to court or not, but um, you know this guy in this one definitely had the the urge for a big shootout. Um, oh, we got yeah. to see the bulletproof fur in effect, uh, but, then, <laughs> but but this group of these family was so freaking like hilarious. You know they uh, they were some kind of like dancers for one. <laughs> they were so um, ridiculous. Yeah, and you you saw like. I love that she's like, okay, so she figure out where it is. She goes in. They have a code to get into their room. It's one, two, three, four. <laughs> posted and, right yeah, up above posted the right or, above or whatever up above the thing. <laughs> and as they come back and break in, like she's smart. It's like, wait, when you're dancing, what do you say? He's like, five, six, seven, eight. Do, 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 do. <laughs> get right in. But the one line, let me see if I can find it real quick because I reround it like four times just so I could get it because it was hilarious. Uh, let's see. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, there we go. So as the cops are showing up, the the dad, he says, you know, it's just like your grandfather always said, you know, the American dream is like a giant tree. You keep climbing, keep climbing until you can almost touch the sky. If someone tries to cut it, cut it the fuck down, you fuck them in the face. (laughs) And he just takes off. I don't know. But his kid's like, go fuck them, dad. I know. These two brothers cracked me the oh, fuck yeah. up. <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. And then like you had like the uh over dramatic like um B movie kill scene for the the brother that was a little bit more scared, like getting shot like forty times and then I turning know. around getting shot in the back. Um but and then I but like we said, you kinda see like, you know, as they're sitting there delivering the the lemur, you see the semi whiz by. Which again, I think is like you start hearing some conversations and stuff where it feels like she's starting to break back into the the situation where she was in a car accident with her sister. Yeah, you know, talking about her mom, talking about this missing pet, um, and at the very end, we see Owen take the blame for it and get arrested, and that's where mm-hmm. it kind of ended. So I'm not really sure what all that means, but. You know this this whole fur tail situation was really really like I, I liked the episode, thought it was an interesting one off. But again, like if I'm glad we're doing two episodes at one time because I think if we watched the first episode, it would just it's just really tough to find things to dissect completely in this, just because it it, it seems like it's a lot of all the place, a lot of just things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing these both happen at the same time, I think it was really kind of kind of cool. I. A hundred percent agree with that and love everything that you said. I think that it was so ridiculous. The whole, I mean, fun, fun, ridiculous. It wasn't too, um, I don't think unbelievable, but I, I did like the ridiculousness of it with the two brothers, their dad, the shootout, the whole caper thing. I thought it was fun and cute. Um, it was funny. I swear the dance routine with the brothers, it's, <laughs> Benny, we're really in sync with that because that's yeah. my number three is the two brothers. I, I didn't have a whole lot to say about them because you you said pretty much all of it for me. But I love, you know, okay, so they, they, they're doing their dance routine and what they're really worried about is keeping it crisp. Mm-hmm. It has to be crisp. Um, and I could swear during the shootout when the one brother was getting slammed with bullets that he did like a little ball step chain or something. <laughs> I that would make sense. That'd be awesome if yeah. you did the whole dance routine they were doing. I swear he had a little little thing that went along with getting shot and riddled with bullets. Um, so I thought that was really funny as well. And yeah, go go fuck him, dad. It was, <laughs> ugh, that yeah. line, it just had me. And as the dad's getting shot, he's like, I'm a fucking grizzly bear. <laughs> I know, what is all that? It was just so ridiculously brilliant in my mind. The whole, the writing was so good on this and the performances were really great. Um, yeah, and I and I loved it all. I wrote it down like if 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 nobody's checked out language of bromance, like that's that's a language of bromance episode essentially. It is just, so a language of bromance episode. <laughs> just very random, very much like parody of itself, and uh, takes you on a wild journey where you start one spot and you end. You're like, I don't know how we got here, but I giggled along the way. 
Exactly. That's exactly it. That's a really good interpretation there. Exactly. Yeah, folks, if you enjoyed that, definitely check out Language of Bromance with Sean and Rich. They are some funny guys. Anyway, well, that was that was my number. Well, essentially, at least a piece of it was the, the brothers. Essentially, I kind of narrowed down um, the, the brothers, and I, I didn't really have too much to say. It's just they were so obnoxiously mm. hilarious. So that's all that I had to add. So what is your number two? All right, so my number two still kind of ties into this a little bit. Um, it was right at the end of the the episode three. We see Owen wake up. He's got a mullet. He's wearing a football jersey. <laughs> the mullet. Yes. And, uh, you know, Emma Stone, Annie's playing like a very, like, I kind of feel like this is like a, a high class, maybe not really high class white trash, but like a white trash, you know, kind of um, paradise to an extent, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they're not like trailer trash or anything like that, but it's kind of like, you know, middle of the road, middle America, like you know, my, my hometown, like I felt yes. like these would be my family members. Um, you know, and one thing, like she had like a nice little, like kind of Southern Valley girl accent, um, uh, which I'm a sucker for. Um, <laughs> and I'm a sucker for Emma Stone anyway, and a blonde Emma Stone, like, sure. Pearls, yeah. I'm all over that. <laughs> but you know, it, it was, it's kind of interesting. You look at their life now and, you know, we don't really know where Annie's kind of coming from. It seems like they were probably well off. We know that Owen is very much well off with his family. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, in this new B-pill reality, they've kind of taken a step back. You know, but but they seem like they're probably happier. You know, they're, they're married. They have three kids. Yeah, um, they were very happy. Bruce and Linda was their names. That's right. Which Bruce I don't know and Linda. what that's going to play into. Like that, I don't know if that's just a random choice or if it has meaning. Yeah. But, I mean, it seemed like he was reading some self-help books for their marriage. Um, you know, the part where she was t- – and this is where I was kind of like, well, is she lying or not? She was telling him about, like, the, the woman that just passed away. He's mm-hmm. like, no, I told you about this, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, ah, oh, I've had that conversation before. Mm-hmm. Where the wife's like, "I we talked about this yesterday. And you're like, huh, what? What's today? Yeah, is it Tuesday? Nod and say yes. Yeah, like a <laughs> jerk. Um, but, you know, it's it's kind of – and it seems like – you know, it, it wasn't a one-off episode either. Like it, it kind of ended, I guess, with him getting arrested. But is there more to this reality? We cut, we cut back to them being, um, kind of studied. So mm-hmm. I don't know if this will go in deeper. And this, like, this would be kind of an interesting just storyline in its own. Um, but I haven't looked too far into the future on these other episodes yet. But I'm wondering if each episode is going to kind of take place in like these different realities. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting to, and and. I really enjoyed this particular reality that they were, that they seem to be sharing. It was interesting. I'm getting clues throughout the story that it's Owen's uh, perspective or his, like he's driving the story. Now how Annie plays a part in that, I don't know because she was also having revelations as well throughout this story and how they both or the, how they both ended up in there together. Cause I didn't get the fact that these were two separate, like they, like somehow their minds came together and they're sharing this or mm-hmm. something, but I don't quite understand yet how it, it's quite working out, but I did enjoy seeing them both. They were so different. And I got kind of a Long Island kind of accent from the both of them. It was very 80s Long Island. There was so much uh, yeah, 80s so. kind of happening in, in this episode. But it was still this like Long Island type housewife. They they look to be, you know, middle America, you know, got their kids, the suburban uh, life that they have. And they, they're happy. And they really care for each other. You see the links that Bruce or Owen was willing to go for his wife, you know, how supportive he was and how happy they were together. And, um, I just, I found that all interesting and I'm curious to see what this actually means, what, what was coming out of this. So I like that. I like that. Number two. That was my number two. I like it. Mine is short and sweet. And that's just, I feel like it, she kind of deserved her own number, and that was Wendy the Fuck You Lemur. Yeah, good one. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't have a whole lot to say about sweet little Wendy, although I'm happy she got rescued because mm. when I saw where they were going, when uh, Linda and Bruce are pulling up to when she gets the address of this uh, a van that had still, which we didn't know at the time. We're like, what is going on here? What, what, what's this vehicle she's looking for? Who is she looking for? Why is she looking for them? Um, and we get to this fur place and I am a hundred percent against furs. I, I don't Nope. I just, nope, can't go there. And I, I thought, oh my gosh, where are we going with this one? And then when she discovers that back room with all of these animals, you know, that one shouldn't be there, but just totally against any animal being made in, into any type of fur is just absolutely despicable to me. Um, and then, you know, we see this cute little lemur. I have such an affection for lemurs. They are so adorable. Um, so I, I really thought that it was you know, just super cool to have this lemur in the kind of what she represented in the story. Um, and how many ways can you say, um, you know, fuck you or fuck you over. And that's with a lemur. Mm-hmm. Very inventive. So I like my, it, it's, I kind of try to I'm just kind of think out loud on this, but you know, this whole lemur storyline was them trying to it was kind of like her finding purpose um Mm -hmm. you know she sees one of her patients die and she wants to fulfill like her one last wish and she's thinking that she's doing something good like she's you know yeah she's on this good deed because there's there's you know you go back to what we know about her in the real world you know she's got a situation with her sister where she didn't get closure um there's some issues with her mom as well so you feel like those stories kind of reflect each other and then as she goes to deliver this lemur, which you could probably you know input the dog that died because she started telling the story of the dog, and Owen in this reality of you know Long Island eighties um, was like, but your parents got back together, so like it's like her two different kind of realities were crossing. She was telling a story yeah. from the real world, not this made up one. But then to go through all this work and all this effort and you show up with this lemur and this this woman that you deliver it to is like, yeah, this was like the one last fuck you from my mom. I don't yeah. want this thing. I'm going to name my kid. Was it Greg? Greg, fuck you, Nan. Yeah, fuck you, Nan. Naslund, Naslund whatever. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I <laughs> guess we'll take this thing back. Um, How terrible. Yeah. Terrible. You know, you think that she's just being dramatic or something about her mom or whatever, but then she actually gets a letter. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it was a, a <laughs> it was a cold delivery too, which, but I mean, I can understand like if, if your mother like contacts you and is like, yeah, I don't think you should have kids because you ruined my life. And yeah. Like even as an adult, if your parent says, that's like, you know what? Fuck you. Like I didn't ask to be brought here. I'm doing the best I can. No shit. Yeah. That was, that was terrible. And um, I think that's probably going to, I don't know, at least for me, probably going to lead into number one. So do you want to go into your, without going yep. to your number uh, one? You've already tagged on my number one. It was just kind of the worst day ever for Owen. So and kind ah, of just the okay. sadness that came from that. So tee us up with your number one. Okay. So w- you've, you've kind of already jumped into it. So that's why I thought we, it would be a nice little segue in, into the number one, because that is mine is the, the discoveries. So we're, we're getting more of those connections we've talked about before in our, our previous episode, talking about episodes one and two, these connections. So we find out that Noslin was the last name of the driver that was driving that 18 wheeler that was, uh, that caused the accident of, um, Annie and her sister and, uh, you know, crushed her Jeep, killed her sister. His middle name was also F U N, which is <laughs> fucked up. Um, <laughs> so this illusion that we're in this, whatever you want to call it, whatever it is when they're being put under in this drug and they're in this like dream memory illusion, whatever it is, it's, it's these real life events and traumas are starting to infiltrate um, because we get this connection with the 18 wheeler. So I think it was, if we look at it, it can be confirmed that the, the, Oh, and I can't remember her name, but Nan's daughter, the one that she was delivering the the lemur to, that's her son. She says, I'm pregnant. It's going to be a boy. This is what I'm going to name him. Um, That we get this confirmation that, you know, this, this is the mother of the guy that killed her sister. Mm. So there's this connection. So that's a good good point because like a lot of the stuff you saw here that wasn't very technologically advanced, like what we've seen Mm -hmm. in the other worlds. This might've been like a, you know, in the past kind of thing. Right. 
Yeah. So if you look at the timelines, I know we were kind of trying to figure out like, which is not that important. I don't think to me anyway, maybe other folks are kind of hung up on it or something. I'm trying not to get stuck on it too much, you know, trying to figure out like what time that we're in and and stuff. But if you kind of look at where we're at, I mean, and those acid wash guest jeans said (laughs) it all. I had guest jeans <laughs> from back in the day. I saw those. I'm like, those look really familiar. Um, so if you look at just the timeline of those jeans, the hair, everything else, you can kind of look at like mid eighties ish yeah. or something, you know, and then thinking that that truck driver at the time of the accident, when we see him didn't look to be much older than like his mid twenties somewhere, yeah. he looked like a fairly young fella. So if you think like middle-ish eighties, add 20 something years we're probably around in the 2000s early to mid 2000s or something is my guess if you put between like 22 and 34 Mm -hmm. i mean yeah that'd get us about to now yeah so you know it's like i feel like we're kind of in an alternate uh 2000s timeline in the in the in the current show um but some other interesting discoveries as well. So she's she's sitting there and she's getting this discovery, this connection of of the guy that killed her sister. Um, Owen, as he's outside waiting for her, was reading this book and he sees a photograph of someone who ident- who's identified as Olivia Meadows, which is the girl that his parents hired to be his oh, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, and. The, the the caption said emotional poltergeist. I don't know what that means. I don't know if I can really, I haven't, I guess I haven't thought of it long enough to really like dig deep to really understand what that means, but I don't feel it's very good because poltergeists are scary. So that's, <laughs> doesn't sound good. And it's, and we keep having these memories blur together because then Linda starts recalling this memory of her father sitting in this pickup truck, you know, upset that something terrible has happened to her mother and, you know, it's, I can only fathom like she either died or she's just somehow she's gone. And Bruce tells Linda, your parents are still together. Yeah. Like, where, where's this coming from? And we realize this is Annie's memory that's coming out of Linda's mouth. And that Annie, because this whole thing, this whole B pill, this behavioral pill, it's like in, in what Dr. Fajito says is let's find their blind spots. So I think Annie's mother is one of her blind spots mm. in all of this. Um, I don't know what Owens are just yet, but I just I, I seeing all this kind of come together. Um, I thought was interesting. I don't know where mm. it's going. What's interesting is we talked about like Owen had really good defensive mechanisms, mm-hmm. and she didn't. And he didn't right. seem to really struggle in this universe with like kind of, you know, letting things bleed in that weren't from this kind of made up universe. Um, so I wonder if that's what Annie's fault is because she doesn't have good defensive mechanisms. Those things can seep through and kind of affect the uh, experiment. Right. I don't know. It's very interesting. And um, I guess these blind spots are also considered like the walls, the walls that they have put up. Mm. I. I don't think I'm going to have an answer for it at all, but it's just some observations that I made. That's really all I have to say about my number one is just kind of talking about that and how it's all coming together and how the real, the real traumas events and things are coming out in this alternate Mm -hmm. or this memory illusion, whatever it is that they're in while they're under that B drug. I'm ready to see the next one. Any thoughts on that? No, I think that's really good tying together. I kind of feel like this is one of those shows that, Either you're going to have kind of like a really cool ending where it ties a lot together and like a lot of things make sense. Where you, it's kind of like when we watched Castle Rock and we saw the episode with with the the mother and like kind of seeing like her specific episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you're either going to get like that here. We're like, oh my god, now I need to go back and watch everything because they've kind of dribbled this throughout. Or it's going to get to the end and you're going to be like, oh, uh, okay, I guess that makes sense. And you're going to, it's just going to be over. <laughs> I hope it doesn't just fizzle out. I mean, it doesn't have to be this huge revelation but i feel like this is definitely this journey Mm. into these two strangers you know how much they're connected i don't know um 
or like in real life anyway, how much they're connected, I don't know. But I feel like it's this, it's this journey that they're both on and that we get to follow. And they're yeah. both experiencing pain. They're both in this trial. Now, she got into the trial. She faked her way in to get access to this drug. But clearly, she needs to work through her pain that she has because she keeps taking that A drug to keep experiencing. Yeah. She tells Owen that she, yeah. she admits she's taken the pill to relive all the horrible things um, that she said to to her sister and the most horrible things that she said to anyone and she said them to her sister and that she loves it because she gets to be with her sister again i mean you think about like if if somebody said you know i think of um you know the moments you're around somebody as they pass away or something like that it's like well that's Mm -hmm. the only way you're ever going to get to see them again it's like you would take that in a heartbeat absolutely yeah if that's it if that's how painful. you can experience them, yeah. If that's how you can experience being with them again, as awful as the experience was, how traumatic or how traumatic it was, you, you know that you'd be willing to keep experiencing that just because mm. you get to see them again and spend time with their sister. So I feel like um, what <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, kind of what they're trying to do, what their theory is, or what the the point of this trial is in these drugs, and it it seems like what I'm following this model of neuromatrices follows the idea that pain isn't produced by physical injury, like torn muscle tissue. Um, It's a product of the brain, spinal cord and nervous system. And that those who believe it, Uh, believe essentially that the experience of pain is just in your head and can be controlled. Um, This is what I think is being tested at NPB and that with these drugs, they can work through the pain and eliminate pain. I think that was kind of mentioned is that their goal is to eliminate pain and your life can be perfect. Um, So I like how, but you know, it was interesting though, what I saw that I thought was really great was that without the help of the drugs, Owen and Annie were able to lower their walls and open up to each other. And I feel like that's what the pills are supposed to do is expose you, but they're doing it naturally. So I like that. They're managing to do it on their own. Um, Whenever he exposed himself when they were in Murmoto's office and then Annie had exposed herself and said the same thing about admittedly taking that A pill to be with her sister, Mm. even though it was the most traumatic thing that she's ever experienced. So I I really dig where the show's going and this, you know, the lives of these two characters and what they are going through and trying to get through. Good number one. Uh, yeah. Again, like it was a really good episode. I it think was. both of both them. Of them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker for like vignette type things. So if we see these characters in like different kinds of universes, which I've seen some of the pictures from other episodes, it looks like that's mm-hmm. the case. Mm-hmm. I love giving the actors the opportunity to kind of like expand their chops and not just oh, it's not like you're just this character. It's like no, you're this character here. But here you're Long Island's 90, like, blonde <laughs> valley girl. Here you're, you know, something else. Um, so super pumped for that. Definitely. Um, you have couple notes? A couple notes I had. So one interesting thing is that the house that they uh, were living in, it was mm-hmm. house 901. So what is it? Annie's number's nine and Jonah's, uh, Owen's um, number was one. That's right. They call them and they call them by their numbers at the um for the the trial. He calls him Mr. 1. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, at the DMV, um oh, Annie was uh number 9. So that again just tied back to her number. Um very and, good observation. In their house. Those are the thing. I love those things. Um I don't know if you've ever seen the the movie The Number 23 with Jim Carrey. Yes, it's um, been a while. Yeah, I had to see it like two or three times in theaters because if you look all over the place, you can find the twenty three like ever like on license plates on you know menus on all this other stuff. Like oh, found it, found it, found it, found it. Oh, if you take L minus Z times six, yep. Yeah. Oh, there it is again. I know um, those movies make my brain hurt. Oh yeah, yeah, I love them though. Um, I, I don't. This might be a stretch, but in their house they had a mirrored wall. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's kind of like the wall of where the people that are watching this experiment happen are kind of seeing it through that. Cause it seemed odd to have a mirror wall. Like I've no, I know like in my house, I have a mirrored ceiling mm-hmm. for in my bedroom. Uh, right. You know, of course. You know, of course you for, do. <laughs> yeah. So that way I can see, see yourself with the second tube or the second <laughs> tube. Nobody <laughs> wants to see that. <laughs> uh, it's like, Oh no, I'm not even in the mood. Uh, but I thought maybe that was kind of like a, uh, 
you know, referencing like people watching this happening on the outside. Um, there was the 77th floor uh, meeting with uh, Dr. Uh, Fujita and she's talking to this like TV. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's that? like, that's like the chairman or something like that's a very important person. And she's going on about like, we need a closer, you know, B drugs are for closers only. And that's how we get Mr. Mantle Ray back. And, and the guy that was holding the TV, yeah. like it's it was weird enough that she's communicating through these, uh, like or through the TV, and there's like these lines going across the TV as he's talking. But why isn't the TV on its own stand? Why is a guy physically <laughs> holding the TV? I mean, you could reality like realistically see like that TV's a living thing. Like that's yeah. like somebody's consciousness. Yeah, and you know that thing weighs like oh, fifty yeah. or sixty oh, pounds. Yeah. Those you old TVs. Honestly, like technology, like advancing, like the best thing ever is flat screen TVs because I had a tube TV in college, like a mm-hmm. 32 inch one. And that thing was miserable to carry up like four flights of stairs. Yes. In. Kids these days have it so easy. Like they grab like a 52 inch TV. It weighs nothing. And they just no carry kidding. it up. And what's, what's even worse is like they drop that and break it. It's like, oh, well, I got to go buy another one for 200 bucks to get like a 78 inch TV. Mm-hmm. Us back in our day to get like a 30 inch TV is like $10 million. I know. Expensive. We'll never know the struggles, man. <laughs> you better be thinking, you know, your These lucky stars kids, for technology. Their hula hoops and their games. <laughs> Rubik's um, cubes. <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing I, I really liked is it seemed like in episode three, they really moved on from the whole secret agent angle. Like it was just yeah. a quick little thing like, oh, like I'm sorry I fucked with you. Like I thought you were going to be a, a problem. I just want to get in here and do this. I'm mm-hmm. glad that's not something that they're going to continue expanding on where he like keeps thinking like, no, this is actually like you're, I'm a secret agent. Like I'm on a mission. It's just like, no, sorry, dude. Like that's not what happened and just moved on. Yeah, I like that too. Um, that's actually part of my notes too. Cool. But yeah, that's all the notes I have. So what are some of the notes you have for, for this, these two episodes? Sweet. So, yeah, it, going along with what you mentioned that uh, Annie admitted to Owen that she was just telling him what he wanted to hear because she's wanting to sneak into the trial. And she thought, you know, this dude's going to like blow my cover. So she was like, this is how we keep him quiet. So I, I like that we get that, you know. That okay, yeah, she wasn't really part of some sort of secret mission or whatever that she was just telling him what she wanted to hear. Um, and that she then goes on to explain to him about how he saw her in all of those ads that she had sold mm. her, you know, face um, years ago, which I I think you can do, right? I mean, can't you do that yeah, in some imagine. fashion? Like, don't they do that with um, like video games or something? I don't know. I'm completely, I mean, maybe imagine completely if you off do, on like, that. Any of those- any of those like stock photo things. Like I'm sure they just take a picture of you doing like random things and like, okay, do one golfing. And then they put it up at like resorts or, you know, like you said, video games or anybody that wants to have a stock photo of a cute girl playing golf. Um, and you kind of sell your rights away on that. Exactly. Yeah. Like some people can, I don't know. There was, it reminds me of an episode of the X-Files where as we're talking about this whole virtual reality thing, there was this virtual reality game of X-Files and if this is a spoiler, I'm sorry, folks. X-Files was a gazillion years ago. This was like season five or six. A really great episode, by the way, where um, there's a virtual reality game. There's the the girl in the game is like the the villain or the one to beat. And they track her down like she's she kills somebody in the video game and they track her down. And um, she's like, you know, I'm just an everyday person. I just sold my image to the video game, got paid a lot of money for it. So it's this is kind of what it reminded me of is how she sold her image and says, you know, there are no patterns. I don't know anything about patterns. Um, you know, to her, the world's just chaos or whatever. Um, another note that I had. So Dr. Murimoto, before he passes on, you see him glimpsing at different things on his desk and we get a glimpse of a young kid, picture of a young kid on his desk that looks slightly familiar, like that her drug dealer friend playing chess with that freaky koala bear in the park. (laughs) <laughs> I thought he looked familiar, but yeah, it's a good call. Well, and he mentioned, I remember, I don't remember verbatim what he said, but he was talking, it seemed, he seemed to allude to the fact that this is how he gets access to those drugs because his dad works there or, you know, he has some type of connection to that uh, pharmaceutical company and that's how he gets access to them or whatever um, is kind of what I took from it. And he looks strikingly familiar. Also the brother with the American flag pants. Um, 
I can't remember which episode, if it was the first or second episode in uh, of the season, but I remember seeing him in Annie's life. Okay. She didn't directly interact with him, but I remember... Oh, was it the guy that was um, at the coffee shop where it was two groups of people? Yes. And he was like sitting in the middle trying to talk to both groups? Because I had a note yes. about that, but I didn't mention it because it seemed kind of throwaway because he... I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but like if you're ever in like a big table of people, mm-hmm. it sucks to sit in the middle because you never know mm-hmm. which conversation to deal with. It's like, okay, well, I'm kind of like halfway in this one and halfway in this one. And when that yes. happens, you're not in any of them. Exactly. And and it also, I kind of felt bad for him at the same time because it seemed that he was trying to talk to people in the groups and nobody was paying attention to him. Yeah, Like people were just kind of like talking away from him or over him. And it seemed like he was trying to talk and nobody was looking or paying attention at, at him. And they kind of, I, I thought I remembered seeing him and Annie kind of locking eyes for a moment. I don't think it's a huge connection or supposed to be this big revelation. I just thought that it was interesting that we're seeing like all of these people, you know, kind of playing a part in your lives. And mm. I think, doesn't that happen in real life? Have you ever just had this you know, you're just living your life. You're at Target or you're at the grocery store. You're just out and about. And, you know, you have all these encounters with people and they don't mean anything. But then all of a sudden you have a dream later that night or something. And some yeah. person like that kind of shows up in your dream. It doesn't really mean anything, but it's like just all these connections. I've read that like in your dreams, like you don't make up people in your dreams. There's somebody that you've actually seen and interacted with. Like you won't just make mm. up a person in your dreams like, oh, well, this is this weird guy. Well, that weird guy or weird girl, like you actually have seen them somewhere. It's a real person. Now, that, I don't know if that's, truth or, truth, if that's truthful or not. I just remember reading that somewhere and I thought it was pretty interesting that it stuck in my noggin. Is it truthy? Um, truthy. But that's, <laughs> that's kind of interesting because this is very much like Wizard of Oz. You know, like when Dorothy went to Oz, oh, you know, all yeah. these people played parts that she knew. Um, so that's pretty interesting. It's pretty intriguing. Yeah, it's just more of these connections that, you know, kind of keep happening, you know, sprinkled throughout. And it might not mean anything big, but it just, I, that guy stood out to me, I remember, you know, in in, in that episode, because I was like, hmm, are we supposed to remember him? Because it seems like they made a point to kind of really pan on his face yeah. and focus on him for a while. So I kind of paid attention to that. And then he comes back in this episode as one of those crazy brothers and it just, it cracked my shit up. So I, you know, and I feel like this whole, at least so far from what I'm gathering, there's so many connections um, that it may not be anything too specific or really mean anything deep, but it's just interesting how we keep seeing some of these same people over and over again. So that I think we've already covered all of my other notes that I have as I'm perusing through here. So I think that's all I got for my notes. Awesome. Good. So good. I, I'm, I'm digging, digging the show. We're yep. almost at the halfway point. Yep. We'll be past the halfway point next week. So I know. Um, again, I'm glad we did two episodes. Um, it's, I think they're getting a little bit shorter, uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, Still glad we did two instead of just one. I think we just get more more meat to chew on from it. I know, and and I they they feel a little bit short. I don't know if it's so much. I haven't looked at the exact times, but they're easy to watch. Yeah, they like, don't take very long. It feels they, like they they go. I feel like they flow pretty well. So I'm digging it. I like it. All right. So with that, we I just have one quick little news blurb that I feel was so worth mentioning because it talks about. One of our beloved shows that, of course, has a little bit of, I feel, of it mixed in with our current show, Maniac, that we're covering, and that's Black Mirror. Yeah. Did you see the I announcement for Black Mirror? It, but share with us, what is what is the, the announcement for Black Mirror? So they're talking about for season five, which we know is happening uh, for Black Mirror, that there could be some type of interactive type episode. Uh, maybe in the first episode uh, of Black Mirror that's coming, I don't really know what that means or, you know, and how, how exactly that's going to work. I've never been a part of anything like that. Um, but they're talking about uh, something about how fans can pick their own favorite ending or it's going to be something like a choose your own adventure episode. 
um, that's going to be in the works for season five. And we still don't have a specific release date. They're Mm -hmm. stating that it's going to debut before the end of 2018. So sometime later this year, now we know season four was released, what, like December 29th or something of last year? Right at either right Right at the end end or right at the beginning of the year or somewhere in there. Yeah, so it was like right at the end. Yeah, oh yeah, okay. So oh well here it is right in front of me. Season four came out on December 29th, 2017. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I was right for once. And that <laughs> that's a good feeling. Um so yeah, just this interactive uh episode. I don't know what episode for Black Mirror that I'm extremely excited for because we love that show. And that's all the news that I have for this week. Sweet. Excited for it. That's one we're definitely going to cover when it comes out. So, mm-hmm. that's what we're shooting for. It's what we're hoping with all the timing of everything that we've got going on that we can just flow right into season five. One of these days, we're definitely going to have to circle back and do seasons one through three. Yeah, and 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 cover those because it's certainly worth covering. All many many of those episodes, you know, definitely deserve to be um, discussed. Except for maybe. Episode is it one season oh, one of episode one? one? Yeah, that one. <laughs> that's a, I'd be that's fine. a little rough. I'd be fine skipping that one. <laughs> we can just be like, you know what, y'all just go watch it and discuss amongst <laughs> yourselves. We choose to just not discuss this one out loud. I don't know if I can get through that one again. <laughs> just go watch and find out for yourself, folks, if you haven't seen it. But anyway, that that is all the news for this week. Very very exciting news. Um, but that leads us into letters. From the supercomputer, I'm calling her Goethe, and that's our listener feedback portion. All right, so our first one comes from Doug Fix. So wasn't sure about this show after the first two episodes, but another great choice. Weird and fun, especially the quirky side characters. First the wire scientist guy, and now the dancing fur brothers. Priceless. (laughs) Notice how the one brother was popping and locking while he was being blasted. (laughs) So good. Uh, and where do I find a go fuck yourself lemur? Um, obviously, Doug, Madagascar. Madagascar. <laughs> that's where they all. That's where they all hail from. Thanks, Doug. That was awesome. Good to get your feedback in on the show. We missed having you around. Uh, we have an email this week. It starts off. Hello, Rima and Sean. Thank you for selecting another gem of a show. Well, you're welcome. Um, I'm throwing all the credit at Sean for this one. Um, <laughs> I agree that the timeline for Maniac is a bit ambiguous. However, the father in the backyard chamber uh, said that I changed the code uh, to the safe to your birthday. When Emma Stone opens the safe, the last number is 82 or 83. This makes me think that we are in the almost present day, just in a parallel universe. Just a thought. Smile emoji. Totally tubular in California. Elizabeth. Ah, totally tubular. Yeah. Thanks, Elizabeth. Elizabeth always gave us some great feedback for Stranger Things. It's good to see you back in the loop for Maniac. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, We also have a voicemail from Steve Brown. Hold on. Rewind more. Okay. This is Steve. (laughs) Sorry. Just, I really like that quote. I know it's just stupidly random, but it's <laughs> great when she's trying to get him to remember in this in in uh, first by suggestion, and he says, uh, "Hold on, rewind more." Just love that uh, '80s reference. Um, back in Chosen One, uh, everything is about connections. I thought that was really cool. I'd forgotten about that. Um, who's who's narrating? They never tell us who's narrating. Was it the the doctor who died? Maybe. Um, and the statue of extra liberty. I thought that was uh, kind of interesting too. Uh, so anyway, um, about these current episodes, um, having a day and furs by Sebastian. Just a couple of quick notes. Uh, uh, Jed's a jerk. I think we knew that already, but anyway, I want to say it out loud. Five and a quarter inch floppy disks. Uh, who knows? Who can remember? I can remember five and a quarter inch floppy disks. Does anybody remember five and a quarter inch floppy disks? Really? Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Oregon Trail for um, the win. And I actually <laughs> used them. Um, loved all the 80s uh, hairstyles and uh, all the music that sounded very 80s in that second uh, episode first by uh, Sebastian. Um, Jonah Hill has a number one on his the jersey that he's wearing a, a Warren Moon jersey oh. by the way and their last name is Marino uh, uh, I don't know if those are if they're making football references um 
there or if that's just coincidence, but thought it was kind of cool. Anyway, uh, I, this episode ended and I really wanted to go to the next one, but I stopped and I didn't. But <laughs> I did notice that the title of the next one is what was said at the very end of this episode. Okay, not what was said, what was the song that was playing, according to the closed captioning. Exactly Like You was the name of the song playing, which is also the title of the next episode. Anyway, talk to you next week. Bye. Great point. Yeah, I, oh, I like saw all the nines and I missed the one on the jersey. Like I missed the most obvious one. That was good, too. Really yeah, great pickup, Steve. Really great. See, he was on the ball just like you were, Sean. I was totally <laughs> somewhere else while you were making all these connections, and you're right. And when you point them out, yes, you are absolutely right. I'm going to have to be more in tune to next next time. Well, I guess if we want to tie it in, did the lemur have 27 lines on its uh, tail? Oh, Sean. Two don't plus get, seven's nine. Don't get, don't get me started. What are you, <laughs> and it what was are you, one lemur. Yes. What are you doing to my brain right now? I can't take it, dude. I love it. It's it's so good. I, I, I'm, I'm glad people are digging this show. I won't say I had doubts. I just thought, hmm, not sure how this one's going to play out. Is it going to be too far out there, you know, to, to really get? I mean, I really, I, you know, struggled admittedly with Castle Rock. And I still feel like I don't have all the answers to that when I probably never will. And I don't think we're supposed to. But after coming off of that show, I thought, oh, my goodness, can my brain take another type of show like this? But this one, it's it's weird and quirky and I don't quite yet understand what's happening we're only four four episodes in but I'm digging it digging it gonna start making more of those number connections yeah well yeah I just wanna say yeah thanks everybody for throwing out some feedback too we're getting a little bit of uh, feedback on this one so loving the phone calls emails and all the messages yeah keep them coming guys we I love to hear all the connections that that people are making with it um, the ones that we miss and the great insight to it so thanks everyone for taking the time we love you all right, so next week we'll be covering episode five and six from Maniac. Uh, episode five is titled Exactly Like You, and episode six is titled Larger Structural Issues. Hmm. Don't know how to interpret those, but I'm intrigued. Um, well, we're really excited for you to join the trial with us. And until then, until we pass out those drugs, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. You can email us all those wonderful uh, voicemails at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. And you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts like The Walking Dead Cast, which debuts this Sunday at podcastka.com. So go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed or any of the other great podcastka podcasts on Apple Podcast. And speaking of amazing podcasts, as we mentioned earlier in our show, check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. Yeah, and if you are in the Chicago area, uh, Richard and I at Language of Bruins will be doing a live show November 27th at the Beat Kitchen. Tickets are only $12. Uh, so go to thebeachkitchen.com in Chicago, Illinois. You can go to their website. You can get the tickets. And if you're going to go, shoot us an email here or at our, my website for Language of Bromance, and we would love to bring you a bumper sticker and a hug. We're giving out bumper stickers and hugs. So, How amazing is that? <laughs> I think that's so much fun and I'm totally jealous. And if you want to, some people have been asking, like, what can we do to help the show? Um, we've created an Amazon link. It's going to be in our show notes. So you don't have to do anything special. Just click the Amazon link and do your regular shopping. Um, and we get a little bit of a kickback for that. So just to kind of help cover the cost of hosting and whatnot. Yeah, that'd be absolutely amazing. It's at no additional cost to you whatsoever. Just click the link and do your shopping. And we thank you in advance. All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 58, Having a Day in Furs by Sebastian. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Vanessa Whitley is strange indeed. <laughs>